Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Once Upon a Time, Season 1, Episode 18, The Stable Boy. This episode was written by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz and directed by Dean White. It premiered April 1st, 2012 and had a viewership of 8.36 million. And in a brief synopsis, Emma continues to search for evidence that will prove Mary Margaret's innocence as flashbacks reveal the reason behind the evil queen's hatred for Snow White. And I just want to give two little notifications before we dive right into the episode. First, this episode, that our, the episode of our podcast, should be coming out on October 21st. In two days' time, it'll be the 10-year anniversary of Once Upon a Time premiering on ABC, October 23rd, 2011. And it's truly amazing to think that a decade has gone by. I don't know about you, Ashley, but that for me, that was a quick 10 years. <laughs> I feel like it's only been like five or six years. Like, yeah, there's no way it's yeah. still beyond. So I, I agree 100%. <laughs> and the second little bit of information I wanted to give was that there's audio commentary for this episode, and it features co-creators slash executive producers and I guess slash writers of this episode, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, as well as actress Lana Priya, who portrays the evil queen slash Regina. So moving into it, we begin with a title card of a young woman, either Snow White or Regina, riding a horse. I was pretty sure it was Snow White, but Mm. that was like, I think it makes more sense for it to be Snow because that's kind of the catalyst. Agreed what happens this episode agreed and i have a production note that i want to go into this episode's flashbacks were originally planned to be the second episode of the first season so like regina's backstory was originally going to be the second episode i'm glad they waited yeah agreed i prefer Uh, it here i think this would have been a little like if we had gotten the story like we wouldn't because you know when you first watch this the first time around it's like what did she do (laughs) yeah it, build, it builds up the tension, but it also, just from, you know, a practical stand of watching it week to week, fans might have forgotten what the backstory was. Having it here in the latter half of the episodes, like getting towards the end of the season, it gives like the tragic version of Regina's story and everything. We're really reaching the denouement of the season to begin with, so mm-hmm. I think that's why we're kind of like, we're just there. Agreed. So let's dive right into recapping it. We start off with Regina in her office in Storybrooke when Mr. Gold comes to visit. He asks for her assistance in having the charges of assault on Mo French dropped. In return, he offers his help with Regina's problem with Mary Margaret and David Nolan. While sitting in Regina's office, Mr. Gold takes an apple from Regina's fruit bowl and tosses it at her. He suggests that if something were to happen to Catherine, Mary Margaret would take the blame. 
He further tells Regina that she could leave a key in Mary Margaret's cell after she is arrested, as bad things happen to those who leave Storybrooke. My first note here is a modern day flashback. Yeah, I totally forgot this happened. So it threw me off for a second because I thought this was happening in the like now. And then I was like, oh, oh, we're seeing a flashback, right? Yeah. Okay. Like I, it threw me off. They call, I think they called them flash sideways on Lost or something like, like they didn't call them flashbacks uh, or they called them like flash parallels or something like that because they did this on Lost a lot. The few episodes I've seen. And another note I have here, Regina is holding a ring and like she's looking out the window holding her, we find out, engagement ring. And Gold says to her, remembrance of things past. Like, I was just like, how does he know that she's holding the ring? (laughs) Like, he can't see her. Yeah, but he knows everything. I feel Mm. like he could like read thoughts at this point, like really. Yeah, possibly. And then Gold's line of saying, I don't want to spend any more time in a cage. I, I like he's referring to Storybrooke, I think, as his cage that he's stuck in. He could refer to a lot of things, to be fair. It is gold. <laughs> this is true. During the filming of the opening scene with Regina and Mr. Gold, Robert Carlyle was hesitant about throwing an apple at Lana Priya because he was afraid someone would get hurt. But Lana Priya pointed out that her father was a professional baseball player and assured him that she could catch it. And in the audio commentary, While filming pilot, Adam and Edward told Lana this backstory on why Regina hates Snow White so much. So she was the only character before this script came, or I should say she was the only actress before this uh, script came out that knew the backstory. Well, that's good because she needs to know it. I mean, that's what drives her as a character. Like that's the driving point of her character. Mm -hmm. Moving along to the next scene. In the Enchanted Forest, a younger Regina is riding her horse, while her father Henry watches joyfully, cheering her on. Her mother Cora, however, criticizes her unladylike performance, decries that she is getting too old not to be married, and suggests that she uses a saddle. Henry tries to defend Regina with no luck. Daniel Coulter offers a saddle, but Regina snaps back, saying that she is done riding for the day. She questions Cora's intentions but her mother stops her from walking away by using magic to levitate and choke her. Regina dislikes the use of magic by her mother and promises to be good before she runs off. She meets Daniel in the stable where she apologizes for snapping at him when her parents were watching and the two kiss. And I wrote in my notes here. So we know that Regina likes to straddle quote unquote, a horse and ride it bareback. (sighs) Must you? Must you? But these are the terminologies. I, I, I know. I, I know. I don't know what you, you think I'm alluding to. And in the audio commentary, Edward said in this scene, you see what Regina was and how she hated magic. And also, uh, Lana Priya said that Noah Bean, who played Daniel, would get her things on set. He was a true gentleman and was trying to build a relationship to get their characters to connect. Like oh, he would that's do. That's really cute. Yeah, that is cute. I also I think it's funny. I just noticed. I you know I copied these notes from the wiki, and I noticed that his name is Daniel Coulter. Like I just thought it was funny. Coulter, horse, Colt. You know. Yeah. And that that is. I didn't how... even think about that when I think Coulter. I'm not gonna lie. Coulter immediately makes me think of uh, this is Coulter from. Uh... 
the golden compass and i was like uh, mm. well I, I i imagine that probably is how the name originated though like it was people that uh probably that does make sense yeah that worked with horses is anything else you'd like to say about that scene or no no i just think it's interesting that what we see of regina here especially like we have no reason like we still have no reason for anything she's done. We have no reason for why she would like magic later than if we're seeing her hate magic so much here. So it's definitely an interesting scene. In Storybrooke, Emma Swan is leaving Granny's diner and David wants to ask about Mary Margaret. He tries to explain why he questioned her innocence. He asks to see Mary Margaret, but Emma says that she does not want to see him. At the sheriff's station, Mary Margaret is asleep, but wakes up suddenly to find Regina there. Mary Margaret questions why no one will believe her, and Regina lists the evidence against her, telling her to confess and avoid a trial. Mary Margaret asks Regina why she hates her so much. So I wrote down Regina to Mary Margaret. They say only the guilty sleep in prison. And I was like, come on. She's been there for at least three days, if not longer. Like, she needs to sleep. We do see Regina sleeping in a cell at one point, too. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's certainly the guilty one. And in the audio commentary, Lana Priya said, uh, this whole episode for Regina is a big celebration, that she is right on the cusp of telling Mary Margaret what she did to Regina as Snow White. Um, like, she just wants to just gloat that much that she's w about to reveal that she's actually Snow White and everything. Yeah. In the Enchanted Forest, Daniel and Regina meet. He wants to go riding, but she has to leave for tea. Daniel is confused as to why she is afraid to tell her mother of their relationship. She tells him that Cora wants her to be more ladylike and a social climber, despite being the daughter of a miller herself. Regina also adds that Cora's magic is powerful and dangerous, but Daniel says that their true love is the most powerful magic of all before kissing her. Suddenly, they hear a scream. A little girl holds on tightly as her horse runs out of control, and Regina goes after her on her own horse. She successfully rescues the girl, who thanks Regina for saving her life. The girl introduces herself as Snow White, and the two hug. Regina advises her to get over her fear by getting back on the horse as soon as possible. And my notes here I have in the flashback, the evil queen is shown being far older than Snow White, Yet in the present day, Lana Priya is only one year older than Jennifer Goodwin. I mean, I feel like there's not much they could do about that. And yeah. even like, I feel like maybe- I feel Snow like they tried to style her a little younger in these scenes when she was supposedly well, younger, but- I, I think Lana Priya has like the kind of face that can pull off like being younger. Like, I feel like in this episode, Snow is supposed to be eight and Regina's supposed to be like 18. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I, 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 I believe it. Like, I feel like that's like there's like a ten year difference between them, but I feel like Lana Priya has the kind of face that she could be eighteen years old in this episode. They did her makeup a little differently and everything. I, I buy it. And my other note is to prepare for her role as young Snow White. Bailey Madison watched videos of Jennifer Goodwin and studied her performance in order to make her own performance consistent with Snow White's older persona. Uh, Bailey Madison wore green contact lenses for the role as a young Snow White since her eyes are naturally brown. And during the filming of this episode, Bailey Madison had a loose tooth which had to be glued back into her mouth. 
Wow. Yeah. Just Bailey little... Madison is such a good little child actress. Actress, like. Yeah. She's great. I, I forget what else I've seen her in, but she's great. Like. But it's funny too because on uh, the Instagram account for our podcast, I followed a bunch of the actors. Sadly, not all of them have Instagrams. And I also followed a couple of writers and producers of the show and they haven't been active on Instagram for like a decade now, but it's funny. I just like going through the timeline. The one time I was like, who is this? Like, who, why did I follow this person? And it was Bailey Madison, but it's been a decade since I've seen her. So yeah. she's, she's a grown woman now. Like I was like, oh, okay. That that's who that is moving right along. Unless you have anything else to say. No, I just like, Right. I, you know, we're finally getting the story now. So yeah. it's, we're approaching. It's like, oh, okay. All right. We can yeah. see where this is going a little bit. So back in Storybrooke, Emma and Mr. Mr. Gold discuss having Mary Margaret talk to the DA about the case. He says that the skeleton key is not sufficient proof of Regina being complicit. Of Regina, like committing the crime, I guess I should say. And Mr. Gold says that her personality can help get the charges dropped if she meets with the district attorney. Sidney Glass drops off some flowers and says that he cannot find anything connecting Regina to the case. No damning phone records, nor evidence that she owned a hunting knife, but he will keep looking. Mary Margaret agrees to be interviewed by the district attorney, Albert Spencer, just as he arrived. And my note here says, oh no, not King George. Of course. Yeah. Did we think we weren't going to get him at some point? It, it's interesting, too, that all the most powerful people in Storybrooke are the villains from the Enchanted Forest. Regina's the mayor. Mr. Gold's the richest man in town. He might not have any, you know, quote unquote, actual power, but he's the richest man in town. That's power. Well, I mean, are we surprised? Because here, you know, yeah, she wanted to punish everyone, but clearly she was willing to, like, give those like her villain friends yeah give them reward them more reward them their happy endings kind of even if it's not really a happy ending it's it's interesting too i would have liked to have seen other characters like who was the judge like of the town and you know like i would i would have liked to have seen other characters show up as other authority figures i think it would have been interesting but there's only so many episodes per season so in the interview room, the DA talks about the case against Mary Margaret. He asks about the incident in the school where Catherine slapped her, and he asks if she wanted Catherine gone since Catherine was keeping her and David apart. Despite answering no several times and Mr. Gold saying she was done talking, Albert keeps pressing on. Mary Margaret snaps that she did want Catherine gone, but is then horrified at having said that. Emma and Regina watch the interview outside and Regina smiles at the outburst. Mr. Gold does not try it nearly hard enough to be like, stop talking. Yeah. He, he just one time says like, we're done here or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. It's also funny because he's not, it, I don't know. I should have looked into Maine's legal system. I know in Pennsylvania, you could basically hire anyone to be your lawyer. Like a person doesn't actually have to be a lawyer to be like, you well, can yeah. have a, a representative and I, I wonder if Maine has the same thing because like Mr. Gold, he doesn't have a law degree as far as we know, but he is her lawyer. So who knows? But he does always pay attention to the fine details. So I guess he would make yeah. a pretty good lawyer. In the Enchanted Forest, Regina is in her dining room when Cora comes in 
using magic and gives her a gorgeous dress to wear. She explains that the king is coming because it was his daughter who Regina rescued. King Leopold arrives to thank Regina for saving his daughter. He explains that Snow White lost her mother years ago, and he's been looking for a wife worthy of Snow White ever since. He proposes to Regina, and Cora accepts. Regina runs into the stables to meet with Daniel. She explains what has happened with the king and says that they should run because she only cares about him and would rather be poor with him than a queen without him. Daniel then slips a ring, which he took off one of the horse's saddles on her finger, much to Regina's excitement, and the two kiss. Snow White stumbles upon the, the couple and runs off with Regina chasing after her. And in the audio commentary, there are a couple notes here. Edward said, I love watching you, Lana, and Barbara, Cora, interact, and how hard she is on you. Adam Horowitz said, it's so heartbreaking because everyone's intentions are good. And then Lana Priya said she got to play everything in this episode, in love, happy, cold, cruel, and vindictive. Yeah, she did get the full spectrum of like acting in this episode. Regina and Snow White talk about why Regina was kissing Daniel. She explains that she doesn't love Snow White's father and Snow White questions this as she had wanted Regina to be her mother. Regina tells her that true love is the most powerful magic of all and that it creates happiness. Snow agrees that Regina should marry Daniel. Regina says Cora will stand in her way and asks Snow to keep their love a secret, which Snow White agrees to. I have a couple notes here. Uh, Regina's lying to Snow saying that true love creates happiness. Okay. You know, I thought that was very fitting for the show. The young Snow White wears a blue hairband uh, to allude to Walt Disney's 1937 film, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. In the audio commentary, Adam Horowitz says, when Regina runs after Snow, it's not about protecting herself. It's about protecting Snow. She knows that Snow is, is hurt by seeing Regina kiss Daniel. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know why you would think she's running after Snow as a way to make sure that she's okay like that Regina is going to be safe here like obviously Regina does care about snow in this moment yeah I agree and Lana, Lana Priya said that Regina teaching snow what true love is is her giving snow a gift she knows this little girl doesn't have a mother and she wants to care for this girl but she doesn't love her father and then all three of them praised Bailey Madison and what a fantastic, uh, fantastic young actress she is. I agree with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Storybrooke, Emma is reading from Henry's storybook when August Booth shows up. She questions her superpower of good instincts. August says that his perspective changes as he writes and he starts his book over once he does. He tells her to examine what she knows now that she did not know in the beginning of the investigation and knowing those things, how she would have done things differently. Emma decides to go back to the crime scene with August where Ruby found the heart. When they arrive at the toll bridge, August has some trouble walking due to shin splints, but insists nothing's wrong. Emma looks into the hole Ruby dug up and finds a shard from a shovel. Emma realizes that if she can find out who owns the shovel, they can clear Mary Margaret. August asks if she knows whose shovel it belongs to, 
and Emma responds with a knowing smile. August and Emma go to Regina's house where Henry has left them a key to get in. While Regina is in the shower, Henry signals to Emma on his walkie-talkie that the coast is clear. In the shed, Emma finds a shovel with a complimentary broken piece and she and August smile. So, my note here, I have a couple notes here. No, you want to say something first? I was just going to say, I'm I really surprised, you know, that they thought it was going to be this easy. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. My, my, my first note here is August to Emma. It seems to me that besides Henry, Mary Margaret is the closest thing to family that you've got. Like, he knows who Mary Margaret really is. Yeah, <laughs> of course he will. Um, yeah, we know he knows. Yeah, and there is a continuity error, uh, continuity error. At the dock, Emma reads the latest edition of the Daily Mirror, with an article detailing Mar- Mary Margaret's involvement involvement in Catherine's disappearance, and in the article, Catherine's name is misspelled as Catherine in uh, in the article. So the way that Catherine's name is supposed to be spelled on the show is K A T H R Y N, and in the article, they spelled it K A T H E R I N E. Just a small continuity error. Uh, and then there were a couple things from the audio commentary. Adam and Edward said that this scene is where they wanted to start hinting at who August really was. There were some subtle hints earlier, but this scene is where they really started hinting at it and they, they stressed the really. Lana Priya said, Jennifer Morrison owns the coat in real life from this scene. She loved it so much that she had the costume designer make one. And it is a black leather jacket with brown Uh, with dark brown fur on the inside. And then the final note from the audio commentary is that Adam and Edward said that Regina really does love Henry and that she is a good mother. So Well, at least I'm not the only one that's obsessed with Jennifer Morrison's coats (laughs) in every episode. Yeah. It is funny too. Like that's, that's something you find a a lot about in, in television shows, especially television. So television shows that go on for a couple years a lot of the actors and actresses uh, get clauses in their contract to get the costumes or the outfits. It's usually more like, I, I know, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Friends is like the most famous famous example that uh, Jennifer Aniston got all of Rachel's clothes when they were done shooting the seasons. So, yeah. Hey, uh, I'd do it. I wouldn't <clears throat> want somebody to give me all those clothes. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny too, because uh, as far as celebrities go, the more rich and the more famous you get, the more free stuff you get too. Like, Well, I know, I know we were talking about, cause I know I had messaged you that like Regina was apparently styled by Alexander McQueen. Like hmm. it's a famous name in fashion. Like hmm. I'm sure like specifically the evil queen stuff, I'm pretty sure, but like, I don't know how much of uh, is how much from the last episode is going to make it into the final cut at the recording of this. But I mentioned there were a bunch of, uh, there was a bunch of bonus content on the fifth disc for season one. And one of the things was the costume designer, Eduardo, oh, I can't remember his last name, but it, w- it was him designing Bell's, uh, Bell's costume for the series and everything that went into it. And like, it, it was an interesting thing to watch. You know, costumes and fashion aren't really my thing, but it was pretty interesting to watch everything that goes into it. It is a very creative art form. But moving right along, 
in the Enchanted Forest, Cora and Snow White talk about the wedding and Snow being a flower girl. Cora mentions how close Snow White and Regina have become. And then she asks Snow White why Regina has pulled away from her and says that she would do anything to make her happy. Cora plays on how terrible it is to lose a mother as Snow White herself knows. Snow White tells Cora not to make Regina marry the king as it would drive Cora and Regina apart. Snow tells Cora that Regina loves somebody else, thinking it will help. Cora insists that nothing will take her daughter away from her and says that Snow must tell her everything. I have so much to say about this. Go, her, go right imagine, ahead. imagine Regina being mad about this because this is what Regina is mad about. We know that like the minute that this happens. Mm. Imagine thinking your manipulative, crazy magic mother is not going to get this little girl to tell all of your secrets if she knows them. Like, Regina, you needed to be out ASAP if you wanted to, like, get away. Yeah. You were not running soon enough. No, agreed. It's also, like... Cora, also, she's but... mad at a child. Regina's mad at a child at the end of the day. Like, yeah. she did all this because she's mad at a child. That, that, like, that, that was going to be... Like, Cora has manipulated Regina her whole life and been cruel to her. And she gets mad at this little girl because Cora did the same thing to her. Like the person, and we find out later what Cora does to Daniel after learning this information. And she's mad at Snow over it. It makes no sense. Like Cora should be the person that she's mad at. And I could get like family, like it's your family. Like you don't want to be mad at your family, I guess. But like the fact that like Regina did all of this because of what happens to Daniel and what happens to her true love and she blames like an eight-year-old for that. Yeah. An eight-year-old has no control over what they say, what they do. Like, yeah, they're like, they're conscious and understanding enough to know what's bad and what's wrong, what's like good and evil. But so is a child that was going to be manipulated and, no matter what. And the whole reason that she tells Cora is because she's this sad little girl who lost her mother and doesn't want Regina <sighs> to lose her mother. Like it like And so does tell her that. She's yeah. like, didn't want you to lose your mother like yeah. me like yeah Regina uh, it, it's uh it's, it's awful but uh, I want to point out in my notes here I said that in this scene I totally got the vibe that Recora uh that Cora was going to murder Snow White once Regina and Leopold were married and Regina had a child like I just felt that like the way that she looked at Snow and the way that she was talking to her like she was like no, 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 my grandbaby is going to be oh, like the 100%. heir. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and there were some notes from the audio commentary. Edward Kitsis said, this is a great scene because it's two new actors on the show and they fit in perfectly. Like, neither one of these actors had appeared in previous episodes, but they, like, just got the material and they were right in there. Like, they worked like everyone else. And Lana Priya said that Barbara told me that she made the decision that if Regina touched her, referring to Cora, that she would break down and cry. The relationship was so strained over the years and all of Cora's quote unquote sacrifices to get to where they are today. Like, I just thought that was interesting that like even Cora, as cruel as she is and everything because and such a bad relationship with her daughter that it just physical, like the actress who played her made the decision that if there was physical contact between them, she would break down and cry. Oh, because at the end of the day, 
like Cora does want a relationship with Regina, but she yeah. also wants so much more for Regina than Regina could ever want for herself. Yeah. And we find out, I'll put a spoiler warning here, or maybe I'll just cut this, but we find out in later episodes that so being cold and I guess logical from a certain point of view, a certain point of view, Star Wars, but being cold and logical, being cold and logical, like, I guess what she does makes sense uh, yeah. here. So back in Storybrooke, Emma shows up at Regina's and shows her a warrant to look in her garage. She tells Regina about the broken shovel fragment and that an anonymous caller said that Regina was there digging. Emma looks in the garage, but finds a different and now intact shovel. Emma says that Regina had been warned and that Mary Margaret is innocent. A furious Regina says that Mary Margaret is a liar and a murderer and that she will pay for what she has done. So the way she words that makes me, makes me think like, oh, Mary Margaret's out destroying every life in existence or something. Yeah. Or yeah. like in this case, Snow, like Snow has destroyed millions of lives in her yeah. years. Like in, in her, her terrible uh, paths down the should just all watch out for her. She's just been this horrible person. Um, the worst eight-year-old in existence. Yeah. <laughs> Emma goes to see August and accuses him of involvement in warning Regina about the shovel. She questions whether or not he is lying. He says that he is not, but Emma walks away unconvinced. And my only note here is August saying the line, I'm not a liar. And Emma saying that is exactly what a liar would say. Accurate. Mm -hmm. So Regina visits Mary Margaret and taunts her about her having to suffer. Mary Margaret tries to apologize for whatever it was that she did that Regina blames her for. And Regina refuses to accept her apology. She admits that she knows Mary Margaret did not kill Catherine, but she still deserves this anyway. And in my notes, I wrote, Regina is loving this so much. And Regina grabbing Mary Margaret's face through the cell bars was Lana Priya's idea. And in the audio commentary, Lana said, the scene was really difficult to shoot. She had to separate herself from Jennifer Goodwin and the pain she was going through. Meaning like, you know, they're friends in real life, but yeah, she had to separate herself from her friend and look at her as, as this character. In the Enchanted Forest, Regina and Daniel try to run away, but Cora stops them. She laughs and says Regina's life is hers because of the deals she had to make to get them out of poverty. Regina says that Daniel makes her happy and Cora seems to understand. She says that a parent always does what is best for their children and then rips Daniel's heart out and crushes it. Cora tells a distraught Regina that this is her happy ending and tells her that love is a weakness as it fades. However, giving up love gives one true power. Cora has saved her and that she will be a, a queen. So my notes here, I put Cora's sacrifices and deals. Hmm, maybe we'll see them someday. And then during the shooting of the scene when Cora kills Daniel, when Lana Priya screamed out, no, Jerry the horse, who plays Regina's horse in this scene, uh, I can't pronounce his name, so we're just going to skip that, uh, would constantly make sounds and kick the stall door and had to be walked out from like Lana Priya's like, no, scream. And in the audio commentary, this scene gives so much context to what Regina did to Graham and her father 
and how she learned to do it, meaning ripping the hearts out. And the love is a weakness, which is what Regina says to Maleficent earlier in the series. She took that line directly from Cora. I mean, we do see how it is a weakness in this moment anyway. Like, it does break you when you lose it. Uh, I will say my one note here is just Cora at the end. It's very, gives you shivers when she's like, and now you're going, now you're a queen pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah. And evil queen, what have you done? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so strange. Like, I guess one could argue that she is doing the best thing for her, her, for her kid. But I mean, it's just so like you're creating a monster and you don't even realize it. In the next scene, Regina is being fitted for her wedding gown and Snow White comes in to say how beautiful she will be when she marries Daniel. Snow tells her about the talk she had with Cora. Regina is confused as to why Snow White told her, despite Regina asking her not to. And Snow White says that she did not want Regina to lose her mother like Snow White lost hers. Regina is momentarily devastated, but composes herself. When she turns away from Snow White, her pink lips momentarily turn crimson red then fade back when she faces Snow White. She says that she is not mad and that she was not in love with Daniel. It was an infatuation. She tells Snow White that she will marry Snow's father and that she is happy to be her stepmother. The two hug. Cora shows up and tells Regina that she is proud of her. Regina realizes that Cora set up her rescue of Snow White and Regina growls that she should have let Snow White die on the horse instead. And I have here snow to Regina during the gown fitting. You are most certainly the fairest of them all. Ha ha ha. The fairest of them all. Regina blames Snow White, a child, for Daniel's death, but not her mother. Cora is a grown woman with magical powers who actually murdered him. And then finally, in the audio commentary, uh, this is the scene where the evil queen is born. Cora is so proud because she realizes Regina is finally going to quote unquote play ball. So you say that like she's not mad at her mom who actually murdered him, who literally instigated this whole thing because like yeah. she doesn't admit to being the reason Snow the horse went wild, but yeah. like Regina figures we it know out. at that we know at this point that Cora is willing to do anything and it's not with like it's definitely within the realm of possibility that that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's just interesting, too, how much of Cora's personality traits Regina takes on going forward and how manipulative she she gets and everything. Uh, like mother, like daughter, I guess. I suppose. Uh, yeah. I wonder, I wonder if she would take that as an insult if you said to her, you're, you're just like your mother. Like, I wonder. I feel like Gold does say that in later episodes or like. Probably. Uh, I kind of watched a little bit of season two already, and I mm. feel like he says something like that there, too. Like. Mm about it well i'm gonna need a refresher but we'll get there when we get there and uh back in storybrook regina holds the ring daniel gave her and says we got her mary margaret is being taken away by county bailiffs and emma questions mr gold's assistance gold insists that regina hasn't won yet and there is still some time for him to work his magic in a fit of anger emma throws the vase of flowers from sydney at the wall and finds an audio chip hidden. Honestly, how did we not realize that Sydney was playing yeah. her? Like the fact that Emma didn't already figure that out. 
is oh, mind yeah. going to me. Like, of course. Yeah. She needs her puppet still mm-hmm. this whole time. And that's a, that's why she's always a step ahead of you, Emma. At Granny's diner, Emma approaches August, apologizing for doubting him, and shows him the bug. They hear a scream and run towards it. They find Ruby, who says that, quote-unquote, she is in the alley. Emma runs to the alley and finds Catherine lying on the ground, alive. And I put in my notes, poor Ruby. First she finds the heart, then she finds Catherine's body. Because she doesn't know that Catherine's actually alive there. Ruby just (laughs) comes across things all the time. Yeah. There was a continuity error in this scene. As Emma runs through the alleyway to investigate, the back camera view shows she is wearing bright red gloves. When the camera angle switches to the front, after Emma reaches past the alley, her gloves are gone. And then in the audio commentary, they said Mr. Gold is fantastic because he never lies. He just uses loopholes to not tell the truth. Well, I'll just say that there was a book chapter for this. Okay. Like, uh, But the thing is, the chapter starts off literally with Henry telling Emma about Regina's story. So everything we just went over. And that Snow never knew that Daniel was dead, which mm. is something we figure out later that she did never know. And then there's a big commotion with a lot more people than were involved in the show and they find Catherine. And then it's literally the next episode is what this chapter is. Oh. Like the rest of the next episode because there is no chapter for the next episode. Mm. But it's literally like, there's like maybe a page that relates to this chapter and then it's just the next chapter. It's odd. Hmm. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting way to do that, certain. But we, you said there were more people involved in finding Catherine. Like, yeah, uh, it, the way the book makes it sound is that there's like literally everybody at Granny's just comes rushing out to find her. Like, there's got to be like 20, 30 people there. Hmm. Like, interesting. Um, I have here that there was a deleted scene for this episode, and I actually just watched this deleted scene last night. The scene was called "I'm Your Friend Too," and it was scene twenty-eight or twenty-nine. David is sitting alone at Granny's when Regina comes in. She sits down next to him and he tells her that he is wanting to testify against Mary Margaret for the murder of Catherine. David blames himself for what happened to Catherine, but Regina reminds him that the car crash didn't kill her, a person did, implying Mary Margaret. He wonders why Regina doesn't hate him, to which she claims that she is his friend. She then places her hand on top of his and says that she is there for him at any time. He leaves and Regina thanks Sydney for letting her know that David was there. And then it cuts to Mary Margaret and she's fixing up her bed in her cell when Emma enters. Emma tells her that Regina was one step ahead and the shovel was missing. Mary Margaret gets angry at Emma for this, knowing that she could have run, but stayed because she trusted that Emma would be able to help her. Mary Margaret screams at Emma to leave. Emma departs, but then Mary Margaret hears footsteps, which she thinks is Emma, but it's Regina, much to her surprise. And Regina just taunts her a little in the scene. It's funny, in this description, once again, Regina heavily exudes sexual energy when she's talking to uh, David David, at Granny's. Like, you know, she, she says that she's there for him that's how she gets what she wants yeah that's how she gets what she wants out of sydney that's how she was kind of getting what she wanted out of graham though graham wasn't like totally feeling it but yeah and also graham really didn't have a choice much in the matter no um 
but yeah, it's it's interesting. Any anything else you'd like to say about this episode or no? Okay. Oh, I, I just want to say also too the deleted scene between Mary Margaret and Emma is really sad. Like they both like break down crying and like Mary Margaret's like screaming at her. Like even though they're both crying and everything. You know what? I'm glad that we that's not in the show. Yeah. I don't think I would want to whistle that to be honest. No. That concludes this week's episode of the Once Again Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to either our email at onceagainpod or on Twitter at onceagainpod. If you're feeling generous and would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. Also, a like and a share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you.